Hi, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron Dasher. And I'm Tammy Metters. And we're your online hosts for today. We're in for a great day of worship and a phenomenal message from Pastor Chris. But before we get to that, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, so grab your phone, take a picture, and let us see how you're experiencing New City today. Maybe you have your pet sitting right next to you. When have we ever been able to bring our pets to church with us? So post those pictures on social media. Make sure you tag at newcity.us and you can see those photos today on our Insta story. Now grab that last sip of coffee and let's worship together, New City. Well, once again, welcome to New City. We're glad you're with us today. Hear these words. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So let's sing and celebrate together today.
our time of worship today, let's pray together these words from 1 Timothy. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey again, New City. Well, we are so grateful that we can continue to join together no matter where we are to experience the power of community. And just recently, we heard from a lady in our New City family who got really sick, and her husband reached out to their community group to ask for prayer as she awaited her COVID-19 test results, which, by the way, were negative. Uh, Listen to what he shared with us. Because they knew we had to keep her in isolation as we awaited the results, they brought over groceries and Chick-fil-A and coffee and really showed us so much love. It was a very tangible expression of biblical community. It was amazing. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in being the body of Christ and connecting to one another and continuing to care for one another. And also, thank you for sharing your stories with us. We love to hear them. Now, if you're ready to take a step toward that kind of community, let us know. We want to help you get connected to a group. Visit our website at newcity.us groups for more information. In New City, we want to say thank you so much for your generosity in this season. If you've served, prayed for, cared for, or given to New City, you're part of our community. And if you haven't but want to take that step today, we want to give you an avenue to do so. The best way is through our website, newcity.us slash give. Now let's pray together for our offering. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you are such a generous God. Father, you provided above and beyond our needs. And Lord, I pray that we would steward your generosity well to us because we know that to whom much is given, much is required. So, Father, I pray that as we, as we use our time and our talents and our influence, especially in this season, that it would bring glory to you and honor to your name. Father, take these tithes and offerings today, multiply them for your kingdom. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. And we're so excited today to be starting a new sermon series entitled Now More Than Ever. Our senior pastor, Chris Payne, will be unveiling our new city values. So fire up your New City app and let's take notes together. Thank you so much for joining us for New City Online today. We're grateful to have each and every one of you as we start a brand new series entitled Now More Than Ever. Before we jump into that, I want to remind you of a message that we did last week on Orange Day as we celebrated our next-gen ministries and we rolled out our next-gen distinctives for all of our kids and our students, a really important message and teaching for our entire church. And I want to encourage you, if you missed it, to go back and give attention to that. You can listen online on the website, wherever you get your podcast. We'd love for you to listen to that. As well, we gave an update on our regathering phases. We're now in the the purple phase and kind of the headline for this phase that we're in as we uh, begin to regather together as a church is that we're regathering in small groups. And so the the full update is available on our website. We'd love for you to, to watch that. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us. We are so excited to begin the process of regathering together. Again, we're starting with small groups. We're going to continue to build up in a safe and responsible way. And we can't wait to reopen our campuses and be back together again. I'm going to ask you over the next several minutes, New City family, to join me in a time of prayer. Uh, Maybe now more than ever, 
um, a time for us to come together to quiet our hearts, to focus our attention on the Lord and to come before him together in prayer. So let's do so together now. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we mourn with those who mourn today. For many of us, our tears this week are our prayers. We lament and we intercede in prayer for the Floyd family specifically today. And we lament and we intercede today in prayer as a church family for so many other families that have been torn apart, hurt, and wronged. We grieve today all sin, but particularly we confess and we grieve and we mourn the sin of racism, injustice, pride, our tribalism, our selfishness, and at times our heartlessness. We cry out to you, Lord, for justice and for mercy. As Christ followers today, we, we know perhaps now more than ever in our lifetime, Jesus is truly the only way the only way to peace, to hope, and to true justice. So we pray today for our leaders. Your word instructs us that we should pray for those who are in authority over us. And so we do so today with humility and with love. We pray that you would give them wisdom and courage. We pray for our own city today for the shalom of Charlotte through Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Father, today we pray for our many police officers, our first responders, including several who are part of our New City family. We thank you for them today. We ask your protection over them. We pray that the terrible actions of a small few would not taint the sacrificial service and love of so many. These are men and women who work every day to protect us. Many of whom went into law enforcement and being a first responder because they have a heart of protection and love and peace. And so I pray a special prayer. We pray a special prayer as a church family for our many officers and first responders here at New City and across our city and across our country. May they continue to be servants of your kingdom now more than ever, bringing reconciliation, modeling servant leadership, living out love and the Jesus way in all they do. We bless them today. May this moment in our time cultivate a movement in our hearts. We pray for a movement of your kingdom. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We recognize that revival, renewal begins with a remnant, a small group of, of Christ followers whose hearts and affections are set wholly on you. May that begin with us. 
Allow me to conclude this pastoral prayer with a a writing from the Apostle Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy, from 2 Timothy 2, verse 20 and following. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel of honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Paul says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant, the Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. May God perhaps grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. But understand this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. People will be brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Father, we hear your word today. We ask that it would would go deep into our hearts and our spirit today. Help us not just to be hearers of your word, but but doers of your word. We pray that we would be cleansed through the precious blood of Jesus today. We pray that we can now be vessels of honorable use, holy, set apart, ready for every good work in and through your mighty name, Jesus. Let it begin with us today. We pray this as a New City family. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray this through the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Book one, chapter one of the Lord of Rings. I wish it need not have happened in my time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who see such times but it is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what we will do with the time given to us. We cannot pick the time that we're born into. And mostly we cannot pick the circumstances that are beyond us in the time that we live in. But we do get to pick how we respond. We get to decide how we will live in the time that God has placed us in. And so now more than ever, 
God is calling us, his people, Christ followers, to live into his good and great purposes in this time that we have been born into. Now more than ever, the church being the church, living out God's kingdom principles in and through our lives. We must remember when all seems lost in times, just like now, friends, when all seems lost, that we as God's people are found. When circumstances, when all seems lost around us, we as God's people are found. We are found people. And what do found people do? Found people go and find people. Loved people go and love people. Now more than ever, we found people, Christ followers, need to go and find people with God's love. We need to use our our words and our actions, our postures to love people. Now more than ever, we as told people need to go and tell people. We as loved people need to go and love people. In a world that in many ways has lost its way, we as God's people need to show others and remind others and demonstrate to others that we have found the way, the truth, and the life. Christ our King. Aslan is indeed on the move today, now more than ever. And we as Christ followers are called to see where God is at work, where God is on the move and join him in that good kingdom work. For all the bandages and and brokenness of the church, and there's many, uh, our church leads the parade in brokenness. We're we're a collection of, of broken people who are serving a whole and just and loving God. By his grace alone, we are who we are. For all of the church's bandages and brokenness, the local church is still the hope of the world, not not because of us, but because of the one who empowers us, the one who has come to live and reside in our hearts because of Jesus. Because we are, as Paul says, we are, we are jars of clay. We are broken containers that, that contain an invaluable gift, Jesus, the life of Jesus himself in our lives. And so the local church is the hope of the world because we are carriers of the gospel. We are carriers of Jesus into the world. And now more than ever, wouldn't you agree? Wherever you might be today, Now more than ever, God is calling his church, his people to be carriers of his purpose, his gospel into all the city, into all the world. Now more than ever, the church needs to keep the main thing, the main thing, Jesus up front in lights for his fame, for his kingdom, calling people to live together in a life through Christ. And may we be unified in that church, not just New City Church, but the capital C Church, all who are Christ followers. May we be unified in our call to live out God's purposes among all people here in our city and around the world. And just to say, being unified with our brothers and our sisters from all different churches who call on Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, all Christ followers. Being unified does not mean unanimity. It doesn't mean uniformity. It doesn't mean that we all need to to have the same opinions. It doesn't mean that we all have to think the same on everything. But it means that in the essentials, in the main thing, on Jesus, on the orthodoxy of who he is, we have to be unified. 
And we have to be committed together as a body of Christ to rally around the name and the person of Jesus and to make him known in our own lives, in our own churches, in our own families, in our own city, and in our world. So our our new city leadership team, and we have an incredible team here of leaders, our new city leadership team has spent the last year plus praying over the the, the list of, of values, the the purposes that God has for us here. And we've, we've begun to communicate that over the last year plus. And today I wanna continue that conversation. And, and actually what I wanna communicate over this entire month, the month of June in this series now more than ever, are, are, are a listing of, of values, of, of, of who we are as a church and who we aspire to be because that's what values are. And now more than ever, we need to live into who God has called us to be. And so these values are not only observational, meaning they're, they're things that we already are as a church that we're, we're seeing and we're naming and we're, we're codifying in, in this listing, but they're also aspirational. They're, they're now and not yet, but by God's grace, who we're becoming more and more as we pursue the heart of Jesus. And so, so these values that I wanna share have been, have been prayed over and, and, we've, and we've talked about them. And by God's grace, again, we want them to become a, a rule of life in our new city family. The way that we, we live into and live out our purposes together. Because that's what values are. They're meant to be behaviors, how we, how we live into and live out who God's called us to be. And so right up front here, as we begin this series now more than ever and talking about our values and living those out now more than ever as a church together and in front of our city and world, let me, let me just list all four values together right up front. We, we, we start with Jesus as our King and then people are our passion. Community is our design and servant leadership is our offering. Jesus is our King People are our passion, community is our design, servant leadership is our offering. Our new city values together, how we want to behave and and live into our God-given purposes together. And, And of course, we start with this first value today, Jesus is our King. First and foremost, we acknowledge that we have a King, his name is Jesus, and we're called to live into his kingdom and bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Pastor Tim Keller says, the only person, I love this, the only person who dares wake up a King at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. We have that kind of access. We, we have that kind of access to King Jesus, that we can wake him up at three in the morning for a glass of water, that we can come before him with all of our requests, with all of our needs, with all of our petitions, with all of our hurts, our disappointments, our confusions now more than ever. Jesus is our King and we have access to the King of Kings. The Apostle Paul writes about this first value, Jesus being our King, and he shares some of his own personal story and and being invited into the kingdom of God by King Jesus in 1 Timothy chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you today, wherever you might be, to to turn them open or turn them on to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to look specifically today at verses 12 through 17. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through through 17, Jesus is our King, the Apostle Paul sharing some of his personal story of being invited into the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul writes this 
to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, I was an insolent opponent, Paul writes. Listen to these words, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. Verse 14, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me from the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul writes, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Christ or Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. And finally, verse 17, to the king of the ages, Jesus, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever. Amen. Paul says, Jesus is our king. He's reminding his spiritual son, Timothy, of that eternal truth and his eternal kingdom. And he says that in a couple of different ways. And if you're taking some notes today or filling in blanks on the app, maybe write some of these words down. Jesus, Paul begins by saying, he appoints us. He's our king and he appoints us into service. Look at verse 12. Paul says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. I think it's interesting that, he, that Paul says, he judged me faithful. And then he goes on to list in the rest of the, the passage, all the ways that he was faithless. Later on in his writing to Timothy, Paul says, even when we are faithless, he, Jesus, is faithful because he cannot deny himself and his life within us. In other words, Paul is saying it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about the fact that God has appointed us to his service. He is the king and the king's appointed us to this season, to this time, to this life, to this space, to this calling that he's given to you, whatever that might be today, to whatever profession God has, has called you into. God has an appointment on your life, a divine appointment from King Jesus on your life, and you don't want to miss it. One of the things that Jen and I say over and over to our kids is God has a great plan for your life and you don't wanna miss it. You don't get to pick the time that you're born into. You don't oftentimes get to pick the circumstances that surround you, but you get to pick how you will live and who you will serve. Paul says, King Jesus, he appoints us for the life and the purpose that he gives to us collectively as a body of Christ and specifically for Christ's followers. And then he writes this, he says, King Jesus grants mercy to us. Look at verses 13 through 16. Paul writes to Timothy, I was formerly all of these things and you can read the list. And then this, this great word, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly Right? I'd acted in my unbelief. I'd acted out and lived out what I believed, which by the way, all of our behaviors, friends, are a collection of our beliefs. And so the apostle Paul says, I acted in a way that matched my unbelief. So when we believe that Jesus is our King 
when we value that and it comes out in our behaviors, which is after all what a, what a value really is. It's how we choose to live before God and before other people. So Paul says, I was formerly these things because I acted out of my unbelief, but the grace of our Lord, I love these words, verse 14, it overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The grace of our Lord, the mercy of our Lord, it overflowed for me. I love that word. Maybe underline it if you're following along with us today. You can't out the grace of God. The mercy of God overflows. Paul says where grace abounded sin, or where sin abounded, grace abounded even more. Where, where my behavior and, and my unbelief abounded, God's mercy abounded all the more. You can't out the mercy of God. And he grants his mercy to us, not because of our behaviors, Paul reminds us, but simply because he chose us as an object of his love and his mercy through Christ. And I love that Paul doesn't attempt to cover here, does he? Go back and read the passage again for yourself, 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17. Later on this week, go back and read it over and over again and meditate on it. Paul doesn't try to cover his past and, and, and we need not cover our past because God's grace covers our past. And, and, and God does something better than just changing our story. He transforms our story. He, he transforms our past, our present, and our future. All of our shortcomings, God's mercy covers. I love in verse 13, Paul says, I was, right? I was a blasphemer. I was, I was an opponent. I was a, a persecutor of other people. I was all these things, but now I am an object of God's love and of his, oh, oh this is so good, of his perfect patience, verse 16. God loved me and demonstrated his perfect patience. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that in your life, God demonstrated his perfect patience? that all of these things may have been true about your story, but the most important thing about your story now as a Christ follower is the mercy of God. Paul demonstrates great humility. The, the fact that the closer that we get to Jesus, the more we're in touch with his great grace. He says, I was the foremost of sinners. The closer I get to Jesus, the more I recognize how woefully short I fell in my life and my unbelief. And then he finishes by saying, this King Jesus isn't just the one who appoints us and grants mercy to us, but look at verse 17. King Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God to be honor and glory forever, amen. He is the King of the ages. He is the one true King. And we are invited to be a part of his kingdom. We're invited, think about this. We're invited to the table of the king. We don't have to, have to settle for, for scraps anymore. We get invited to the, team, the, the, the table of God to be a part of his team. And, and God lavishes his grace and his mercy upon us. We're, we're called now with a great purpose. We're appointed with God's mercy to serve the king of the ages both now and forever. Because that's right. It's not just about living his kingdom purposes here. We're invited to be a part of his kingdom forever, to sit and to dine with the king of kings. And until that day, until that day, New City, we're called to proclaim that Jesus is our king in front of everyone. 
And we're called most importantly to not just proclaim it, but to demonstrate it through our actions and our simple prayer. Your kingdom come, Jesus, here on earth through my life. Let it begin with me. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We're gonna continue in our worship today by coming to the king's table, the table of God, communion, and celebrating together. And I'm gonna ask Pastor Travis to continue and to lead us in worship through communion now. Hey, well, thank you so much again for joining us today. We hope this time has been an encouragement for you as we get to worship through song and through opening up God's word. As we close our time today, I'm excited that we get to celebrate something that we do monthly here at New City, and that is partake in the Lord's table communion together. It is one of the most special things that we get to do. It's one of the things that Jesus has called us to do. It is a simple, great way of us being able to remember and reflect on the greatest truth that has ever existed, and that is that Jesus Christ came to the earth. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He willingly died on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins, and then he rose again. And that's what these elements here get to represent and that we get to celebrate. And so here at New City, we believe that anyone who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is invited to this table. Now, if you're watching today and you say, you know, I don't know that that's me. I don't know where I stand with all this. We want you to hear that this is not meant as an act of exclusion at all. In fact, what I would say is perhaps today is an opportunity for you that if you don't know Jesus personally, please know from us that nothing would excite us more than to be able to talk with you about what that means and the process of what it means to enter into a relationship with Jesus. But for everyone else, for those who do know Jesus, I, we hope that today you, you take a moment and pause and reflect on this great truth as we look at a simple piece of bread and a, and a simple glass of juice here. In and of themselves, they, they're, they're really nothing, but what they reflect is this great, amazing truth today. And so as we enter into this time, hopefully you've had the opportunity to gather your elements today, or if you haven't, you can watch this again later. But as we move into that time, I wanna to read to you out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 as we set this time up. This is the apostle Paul writing to the church and beginning in verse 23, Paul says this, "'For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. "'On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread. And he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen to that. At this time, would you go ahead and take your piece of bread, dip it in your juice, and let's take together. Will you join me in prayer now? Jesus, we come to this table and we recognize that, that it is truly a celebration it is a celebration and a way to remember all the things that you've done for us, and the greatest of which is dying on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus, thank you for being that perfect sacrifice. Thank you for being that sinless body that, that willingly went to a vicious death, and, and you, you, your own blood stained it, but you, it, it was able to wash us clear of our sins 
God, thank you for that. May we take just a moment and reflect on that as we think about maybe there's things in our life that we need to offer up to you, an area of struggle or of doubt or of sin. God, knowing that these elements remind us that we can bring anything to you and that you forgive us. May we take just a moment for that. Jesus, we just, again, thank you. Thank you that we can even be a part of this. Thank you for being the personable, relatable God that allows us to come into a relationship with you. Thank you for dying for us. It's in your great and wonderful holy name we pray. Amen. Hey, well, thank you again. If you are able at this time to extend your hands, we invite you to do so as we send, send you off with a quick blessing. Out of, out of Numbers, it says, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face to you and give you peace. Go in peace this week. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today at New City Online. If you're new here, we'd love a chance to meet you. And the best way we found to do that is through our online lobby. You can text the word lobby to the number below, 704-228-4489. Following each service today for 15 to 20 minutes, pastors, staff, and directors will be on that Zoom call. They'd love a chance to meet you, to answer any questions you have about New City, and to share a little bit of the New City story with you. Yes, thank you again for joining us. We love you, New City. Have a great week.